1: This is an it. special report.
0: Now reporting.
2: The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg.
3: at six.
0: When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Can I just say one thing, Don? Sure. Um, you're not Don. It stands up. Uh, but it's Don. not. Now,
1: from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. The
0: wonder your
4: show is number
3: one.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to ENN. On TV
2: Ray
3: Row.
0: I'd like to start off by saying good evening to Michael.
3: I would love to rock that.
0: <laughs> and good evening to Michael again. Most people disappoint. And to Michael.
3: People stink. <laughs>
0: to Michael. Let's said. just take
3: phone calls mm-hmm. because right, uh, I'm right, a loser. Right, right.
0: And to Michael again. His ears look like glazed donuts. And to Don.
2: Can you remove this carcass, please?
0: (laughs) And to myself. The old-timers who come out when they get announced, they just step around him. or Some may even step on him. (laughs) And to Jimmy Bayo, But I didn't think it was going to be Rosenborg that attacked me. Wow. Uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo as well. You know how that Twitter works. (laughs) (laughs) You know how that that Twitter works. That Twitter. Uh, that's, That's all you need to know. That Twitter. And and uh, lastly, good evening to Mad Dog Russo.
5: That's a rinky dink move.
0: He felt very strongly about it being a rinky dink move, and the Twitter was response. The, the Twitter response came from when he kept saying, "I don't know any Mets fans who would have complained," and I said, "Well, Twitter would have," and that's when he said, "You know how that Twitter works." <laughs> Gordon Damer <laughs> chimed in during the interview.
2: Would it be Ranking dick if Tory would have done something during the midges in Cleveland?
0: That's a good point.
3: And uh, Torrey said that's one of his great regrets.
0: Yeah. And what could he have done?
3: Pulled the team off the yeah, field. Just, right. said,
0: just said, we're not doing this.
3: We are not going We can't play with this. And then uh, the, the midges did move on for a while.
2: That was one of the most bizarre things, Michael, I've ever It really seen. is. The one you were that. there, right? Yeah. You Remember that Peter? I know you weren't
0: yeah. in I think you were in New York. It was 07. Yeah, I maybe just gotten here. It's such a weird it's such a weird moment. It's baseball, games. so Peter's drifted off. Let's go. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, Peter. Let's quit all right. Let's go to uh the Yankees though and talk about Garrett Cole, who I just uh believe has a huge night in front of him. Here's Garrett Cole on starting game 1.
2: It's always special, I think, uh, anytime somebody gets selected to uh, lead a team into battle, what comes with that responsibility is preparedness, poise, and to be on the attack.
3: You know, one thing I laugh about is uh, if Cole uh, doesn't pitch well, uh, he's done here. Really? I I guess the other six years of the contract, what's going to happen? I mean, the the fans will get upset, and he'll take the ball on opening day next year. right? Or maybe take the ball in game four.
2: And if he goes out there and wins 15, 16 games and finishes third in a Cy Young, guess what, Michael, in the playoffs next year, he's your game one
3: starter. You know what's funny, too, Don? Everybody looks at like the, his time here as a failure. He's finished in the top five in the Cy Young right. two but, times in the two-year, and he's going to do it again this year.
2: But I, I understand fans not caring about that because he was not brought here to help the Yankees make the playoffs. He was, he was brought here to help them win in the playoffs. The Yankees were a playoff team before he got here. That right. wasn't the issue. They're winning hundred games, it, so I don't mind the fans judging him on the postseason. But what's okay, everybody's
3: they, judging him on the one game against Boston no, well, the year it. before he pitched well.
2: Yeah, it just they, they listen. They wanted to pitch thirty-six million dollars a year. Well, so I guess that means uh, you know never lose innings every right. time. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I do. I I see both sides of it because obviously he has had good moments, but ultimately you're graded by how you perform in the big spots. Well, tonight he'll get another chance. Here's Aaron Judge. Uh this might make Yankee fans feel good about the future. Just Judge talking about what it's like playing in the stadium during the postseason.
4: Man, it's it's heaven. That's <laughs> that's that's where you want to be. You know, it's for me I get the jitters, you know, the intros, you know, run out on that line, the crowd cheering, the little Chris cool air it's there's nothing like it you you can't hear the roll call even when I'm in right field right next to the bleacher creatures I can barely hear what they're what they're saying out there it's so loud and you know but when it comes down to it you just and and you got to embrace it and enjoy every single moment you know because that's you know we're still playing the same kids game that we've been playing all year Still going to go out there and do the same thing we've done for 162 games so you know for the guys that haven't been there you know experienced it it's hey, soak it in you know realize and acknowledge that you are going to be a little nervous, you are going to be, have some butterflies in your stomach, but, you know, if you prepared the right way, did what you need to do pregame, and now it's time to go out there and embrace those moments and have fun with it and, and just play ball.
2: Uh, he, he's It's either an accident, Michael, or he's brilliant. Because in that cut, he played both sides. Yep. He played, well, it's heaven. So Yankee fans are like, well, why would he leave heaven? But you got to appreciate the moment and live in the moment. Like, 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 you know, smell the flowers, Peter, before you leave. Like, he's done done this in every conversation. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's either he's just brilliant or it's just on accident. And I think it's probably a little bit of both. But just when you think he says something, you can pin on always coming back. Then he gives you a
0: little something else. Well, maybe he's not. Now here's Judge talking about the prospect of losing in the postseason.
4: Well, the worst feeling in sports, besides you know having to walk off that field. You know, either getting walked off or losing the game is coming back into the clubhouse and just having that <laughs> that silence. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. It's like uh, we just we've been I've been working my butt off since you know the November of the year before to get to this spot, and also now you're telling me it's over with. I got to go home. <laughs> you know, so it's just that feeling of should have, could have, would have. You're thinking back. Well, if I would have done this, if I could have done that, we would have been in a better spot. You know, feeling like you let down your teammates, feeling like you let down the city, your team. Bunch of different emotions after a loss in the postseason.
3: I'll tell you this in, in trying to handicap this series, the Guardians will be out of their mind to allow this guy to ever get a big hit against them. Yeah. Ever. Everybody else on that Yankee uh, roster, everybody else in that lineup, I'd rather pitch to them than to pitch to the Judge in a big moment. Let's see what Francona does.
2: I think it's going to be a lot like it was down the stretch with so the do it, it, So do be- I. So do I. Yeah, it won't be intentional walk wise, but they're going to be very careful, a lot of full counts. He's he's not going to get that many
0: great pitches. Um Judge wasn't done speaking though. You're kidding. Yeah. Um he was asked if he was if he's expecting intentional walks during the postseason.
4: In the postseason, I expect teams just to—they'll have scouting reports. They'll do what they need to do. There'll be certain situations where they come after me or other guys. There'll be certain situations where they, you know, pitch around me or other guys just to get you know the right matchup. So if they're going to walk me and put me on base, you know, I'm, I'm happy for it because I know we got a stack lineup behind me of guys that are you know waiting to drive me in.
3: Well, he says the right things. Yeah. The guys behind him have to drive him in. It does put a lot
2: of pressure on Rizzo, Stanton, Torres. Torres, yeah. All those guys have to come through if they're going to be putting guys on base. Because we know those guys that are after Judge are going to get excellent opportunities to have Judge on.
0: Uh, Guardians pitcher Cal Quantrill on the approach with Judge.
5: He had a great season. Fantastic baseball player. Season to remember. There's a lot of good hitters in our league. If you you overthink every single hitter, it can lead to... More, more problems than solutions we're aware of what he's capable of we'll do our best to make sure we manage him that being said that we're still gonna have a game plan we're not just gonna allow him to to, to walk all over us hopefully and and you know and we're not gonna <laughs> allow him to dictate the entire approach to the lineup so we'll be ready um i don't think there's any like specific plan he's a good hitter we'll adjust as we go and and we'll try and get him out
0: now th- you guys <coughs> the ma- i mean we got used to Judge being pitched around, and you get really ticked off by it because the games were seemed basically meaningless, except for the fact that you want the home run record. And now we're in the playoffs, and pitching around him could make sense and happen oh, quite a bit. Place is going to go nuts if he walks. And but but the thing is, it's not as if they're doing it just to be not to be that guy. You're doing it because, again, I don't know though. Is that bush league, Peter? You
3: know, that, I got to tell you, I, I was mid season. I'm thinking, what what are these teams doing? And, right. and really. When they went into the tailspin and everybody was hurt and you had career minor leaguers in the lineup behind them, they continued to pitch to him. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. And then they finally stopped because they didn't want to be the victim of, of a, a milestone home run. But you're right, Peter. This is a different animal now. Now you're trying to win. You're trying to go to the American League Championship Series. Terry Francona is a pretty sharp dude. Yeah.
0: Uh, this is interesting. You Michael, let us decide, yeah, we'll, Michael. We'll, we'll <laughs> Michael Wilbon on PTI yesterday Ugh. started talking about the Buck Showalter <laughs> situation. What was that
3: sound, Don? No,
0: because I know I'm disgusted by this. Let's just, let's. Uh, Wilbon really out of character here. Sound, it sounds like he went off yesterday.
1: I don't care about anything other than Buck Showalter. That's Sending right. the umpires right. out to feel around on a guy's ears like he's Mr. Spock in Star Trek, all right? I Look, I hate the Mets anyway. On a good day, I hate the Mets. I wanted that pitcher to turn to the dugout and fire a fastball after he had locked their butts up with one hit in seven innings. I wanted him to fire a baseball into the Mets dugout and hit somebody. That's how angry I was. What the Mets did, I understand it may be within the rules. It was unsportsmanlike. It was cheap. It was lazy intellectually. It was gutless. It did not honor the spirit of the moment, which is we are getting our butts kicked, and our Buck Walter right. will not admit it. So I hope Buck Walter, as long as he manages anything, if he went back to the Little League, never wins another game. Not a series, not a
3: game, and I am glad the Padres took them out clown you take i'm yeah. sorry i like michael wilbon i respect him but that's a clown shoe take I, I don't even understand what he's saying Not and good. one other thing that we keep in, we keep accepting this guys they were getting killed. It was 4 nothing. If he did it and it was 12 nothing. I could actually take his there you side. Go. It was 4 nothing in the sixth inning. And you're saying they're getting killed? And what earth is that getting killed? I just,
2: I, I really need to know, because I'm, I'm a fan of Wilbon, too. I, and, and he's somebody that has covered all sports. He's from Chicago, so... I believe he's a Cub fan, and he he, he follows basketball. is
0: I think his main sport, right, Peter? And he loves football, but he, he I, covers all, everything. I mean, he he loves but, he loves uh, the Bears. He loves the Cubs. Loves the I,
2: I just want to know why baseball is held to this different standard. Like like it's some sort of like magical game of chess, and we're all supposed to just to love and adore it. Everything else could be cutthroat. But but in baseball you're not supposed to do find any way you can to win on the basketball court on the on the uh, the, the, the gridiron on the ice we'll do whatever you got to do but in baseball no there's a, it, it it's almost like it's not even a sport it's a like it's a it's a way of life or it's a it's a play it's something that's supposed to be held sacred. Buck is not doing anything different than any football coach would do with a challenge or or, or trying to ice the kicker. Or a basketball player trying to draw a foul by flopping? Does he have that same opinion about flopping? Does he want the player to be thrown out of the league if he tries to draw a foul? I mean, this is what you do to try to win games within the rules. I, I really, what integrity, what in- why does baseball have integrity
0: and nothing else in life does? But why Amazing. is that the line of integrity? When did that become the line?
3: Well, and what I think is if it was 25 to nothing, then I would have a problem with him going out and checking. It was 4 to right. nothing. You were very much uh, in the game.
2: I, I find it very interesting. We spend so much time in sports radio, you know, killing managers and players for quitting. And what you're advocating is that Buck Showalter should, Show should have taken his medicine, lost his game like a man, and not try to do anything to try to help his team because there's integrity involved. Lose like a man.
3: I have never, ever been more in disagreement with guys that I respect, like Gary Cohen, Michael Wilbon, and Chris Russo. They're all dead wrong. That's when men were men. I, there has to be, uh, all three of them. I'm sorry, I'm going to go here. There has to be something that they have against either the Mets well, or Buck Walter. Has at to least,
2: be. Has to le- be. At least Mike admitted he's not a Mets fan. So, uh, so uh, that must have come from a place where he hates the Mets. Okay. I know Chris Russo had fun when he was on New York radio poking at Mets fans. I don't think he really cares either way if the Mets win or lose. And we know Gary's all in on the Mets. So I don't, I don't know whether they just don't like Buck. And you can kill Buck all you want as far as, like, moves he made and all that. But, and I think Peter really hit the nail on the head during the Chris interview about it seems like he's coming from a place of, well, I don't like the job Buck did. So I'm not going to support
0: him here because he did mm-hmm. a miserable job managing the series. Yeah, kept ma- so I'm going to kill him. He
3: kept, more. he kept bringing up the last yeah. eight games.
0: By the way, I think Gary was doing the same thing. I think it was resentment about the last month, about this, about the Atlanta series, about uh, Game One. All got shut. It was lazy. Instead of just being honest, hey, by the way, they. I'm sorry, guys. I love Buck. You have the right to come out and say you are disappointed with Buck Showalter's performance over the last six weeks. You have a right to look at the manager and go, I don't think he had this team ready. That is your right, but the fact that they put it all into like the the sanctity and and how sacred that moment was, I I, I wish we weren't a broken record and all three of us didn't feel the same way. But I, I'm sorry, I just don't get it.
3: And also, Chris, I mean, we couldn't. We I mean, we'd have them on for an hour and a half.
0: Oh, he wouldn't back Criticism, down
3: for a the criticism of starting. Scherzer over DeGrom. That's has a winky big move. Has has he watched DeGrom pitch the last six games? Yeah, he's done okay, but he's not the DeGrom that you just genuflect to. You can't tell me that DeGrom is a slam dunk better pitcher than Scherzer at this point. Now, it showed on, on Saturday he was better than Scherzer was on Friday. Peter might have been better than Scherzer was on Friday, but... Right. What's the difference?
2: I, if you want to argue, and again, I don't know if this really came from the Mets or was just the gamesmanship of not announcing the game two starter until game one was over. But if you want to, if you want to say that maybe you're thinking too much about the Dodger series, looking past the Padres, fine. But he chose Scherzer over Degrom because he felt that that's what gave them the best chance to win game one. I I, I really believe that. Not so much. And I agreed uh, with him. Yeah, and, and I didn't. We said it at the time, Michael. The way neither of them were pitching lights out. But the way he looked in Oakland, the way he looked in Atlanta, I really felt like Scherzer, never mind the money, had nothing to do with the money. It just had to, I think Scherzer gave him the best shot. I do agree with Chris that losing game one was big because like you countered with, well, DeGrom's still going to have to pitch in game two anyway. But I do think game one had a level of importance, set the tone. We've, we saw that throughout the playoffs, how important a game one win was.
3: But they won game two. It was the only series right. that won three games.
2: Right, but I, I do see the importance of winning game one, maybe over game two, in the sense that it does kind of set the, the tone. But either way, I, I, I think he really did it in the hopes that it, it, that Scherzer, Scherzer was just a better pitcher down the stretch. But that wasn't the conversation. Well, So why are you beating up Buck? All right, then kill the job that he did.
3: Yeah, because every it, it, it seems to be a sport now. Don't kill the player for not performing. Kill the manager. And that's what's going to happen to Aaron Boone. That's the biggest problem with the bullpen in this series. Every single move is going to be questioned. And if it doesn't work, it's the manager's fault, not the pitcher who didn't do the job. How is it Buck Showalter's fault that Max Scherzer laid an egg? Max Scherzer, one of the great big game pitchers in history, laid a complete (laughs) egg, gave up four home runs. That's Buck Showalter's fault? It's not like he said, you know what? I'm going to start Taiwan Walker in game one. Right. I'll save Scherzer and DeGrom for two and three. He started Max Scherzer, and you're jumping him for that?
0: that it's, it's another really good point.
2: And if the game is over at 4-0, then would he kill him buck for bringing Gibbons in if the game was already over? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
0: Let's – there's a lot of audio about the uh, improving New York Giants and Daniel Jones, but I'm going to sift through this and pick the one that I believe is most valuable for us to hear. Why don't you do that? Because of a man who we, we respect his views. Let's hear from Lewis Riddick on SportsCenter talking about why there's growing belief in the Giants. Look, I
5: think it starts with Daniel Jones. I think you see him playing with a sense of confidence that you have not seen prior to this year. I think he obviously has given over ownership of the football team to players like him and guys like Saquon Barkley, letting them know that with the chips on the line and them having an ability to kind of play a conservative or go for the win, he believes in them. And I think on the defensive side of the ball, the hiring of Wink Martindale was one of the best hirings of the season so far. And, you know, anybody who knows Wink Martindale knows that he is an extremely, extremely demanding, yet personable and easy to relate to type of coach. And the defense is just playing out of its mind right now.
0: Now, let's also uh, hear from Riddick on why the Jets are trending in the right direction.
5: This team has the personnel from an upside standpoint to match. And once they actually really start believing it and get on a roll, and if they can stay healthy, it's not going to be the same old story with the Jets. And if Robert Sala has one of those receipts on you, just be prepared.
2: It's so weird of the two teams, right, guys? One, it seems to be all about their talent. The other one, it's all about their coach. And I I don't want to get on Sala, but it seems like everybody's complimenting the Jets and what they're doing because of how talented they are.
3: Now, and Don, the job I, that Joe I,
2: Douglas did.
3: I was thinking this. I wonder what you guys' take is on this. The Giants have a great year, right? And Jones and Barkley are two of the main reasons why. Do you look at Gettleman differently?
2: No. No. They were just. Because I Barkley. Mean, he's,
3: that's the two guys that will define his legacy.
2: Yeah, but, but, but again, he doesn't get any credit for Barkley. He still gets criticism for Barkley. Because you don't take a running back that high, no matter how good he is, and the fact is, you're still like in a in a in a tough spot where you're still not going to give Barkley a contract because he's a running back, and you going a franchise him for nine million dollars, and 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 everybody knew how talented Barkley was, right, Peter? It wasn't it wasn't like Saquon was a bad
0: pick because he wasn't talented. It was just that he's a running back. You don't take a running back too. Last little thing in ENN here, uh, another okay. incredible. Crazy roughing the passer oh. yesterday when Derek Carr got sacked. And, you see my tweet? Um, yeah, I did. It was a good tweet. And and Chris Jones gets the roughing the passer. Here's Andy Reid's thoughts.
1: I thought he had the ball, so I mean that's what I thought. But that's their job, so they they do that.
0: Strip sack lost on what but was the, a totally the, the bigger problem though.
3: When Mahomes got thrown down, it was worse than what happened with Brady, and that wasn't roughing the passer.
0: Well, guys, we got to say Brady, and not Mahomes. We got to say goodbye. to Yes, Bye, we will yes. do. We will do more on the other side. That'll do it for E N N. Got Alan Hahn coming up. Oh, the Hahnster joining us to talk about the uh, the big uh, HBO Doc Thirty Eight at the Garden. So we'll do that with Alan Hahn. We're we'll talking about the Yankees as well. More K Show next on 98.7 ESPN.